Blog Talk Radio. Uh, against LSU. 
yeah, it was a, absolutely a, a fantastic, uh, fantastic game. Uh, both, uh, you know, Florida midweek and uh, with LSU, what a way to end the season. And now that the postseason awards are starting to roll in, and it, it I, I think it, because of with Kentucky winning the SEC, I know we shared it with uh, Texas A&M, but I'm still bitter about that technical foul. But that that pushed Uless from, you know, maybe kind of sort of being the player of the year to being the player of the year and the defensive player of the year in the SEC. The first person to do that since Anthony Davis at Kentucky. And that's the beauty. And that's the beauty of being a Kentucky fan is you see somebody do something as as rare as that, but he's the first person to do it since another Kentucky person. And <laughs> so it's just – I mean, that's what I find uh, amazing. Uh, also, the shortest person to uh, win the SEC Player of the Year award, and I know you had to be smiling because I think starting last year, uh, you professed your love for the small guys, the, the small point guards, the, the, the bulldogs that get at it. And I know that starting this year, uh, we were both of the opinion, uh, let's let's see what Tyler Ewis can do. And obviously, everybody else saw what Kentucky fans saw early on. He's a, he's a special player on both ends of the court. And... Um, He's deserving of all these accolades. Also, Jamal Murray being first team uh, All-SEC and to the All-Freshman team. Uh, that's why I say, I will, I will say this throughout the tournament run, the postseason run, best backcourt in America. When you, when you look at the struggles the front court had for a big chunk of this season, best backcourt in America right there. So it, I'm, I'm glad the accolades have started to roll in for those guys. I don't think they are done with their accolades. So uh, a, a, a season that a lot of people thought was going to end up NIT, which I never thought that, but some people were thinking NIT, and, and here they are winning the – is it 47 SEC? I, I can't remember the number, but whatever it is, it's it for is. everybody else. So winning that – <laughs> so winning that uh, SEC uh, title, that, that's not bad. On a year that we all kind of thought was a bridge year from last year's great team to next year's potentially great team, uh, not bad. Uh, our bridge year teams aren't that bad. If this team can uh, do what 2011 did, uh, that's that's not a bad not a bad way to go. Exactly. Exactly. And let me just – preview the rest of the show, and then I get back to the Cats versus LSU. Of course, gave out the number already. If you want to give us a call, it's 845-277-9373. Uh, Cats Talk Wednesday on Facebook and Twitter. And uh, coming up at 7, we're going to have a very, very important guest, a special guest, excited, um, and arguably the, the guest holds the crown as number one fan of the show. Uh, been supporting the show forever since um, I first heard about the show, talking about Lindsay Spencer. Uh, you got to know her uh, a good while ago. 
a long time ago. Our husband is Mark Spencer, who has come on the show a few months ago. We're going to have Lindsay on now uh, and talk about the University of Evansville, where Mark is the AD. We'll talk about that. Uh, she's into fashion. We'll talk about fashion from Oregon. So that's what we talk about very far away. So we got some Oregon questions for her. we got lots of fun questions for Lindsay coming up at 7. So that is going to be a blast. Uh, and I know you're looking forward to it as well. Right. And, and let's clarify, she's from Oregon, but she's from Corvallis. So it's Oregon I got, State. It's not, not the Ducks. It's the Beavers. Right, right. Yeah, I was I was talking about the state of Oregon question. I wasn't about to cuss her and and say Eugene. I I got some just general Oregon, you know, tourism. I've never been there questions, and I got some Corvallis questions. Uh, all of that, but I, I definitely am not about to get it twisted. Like we can't be having that. No, that, I'm I'm just warning you. Don't go down that Ducks Road. That's 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 a pretty <laughs> bitter. That's a pretty bitter rivalry right there. Definitely, and I, I want to definitely get a little insight into it and just get the vibe of it, and she can definitely provide the beaver perspective, and so that's going to be fun because um, that's a region, a regional rivalry that we just see from afar. You know, you see that Civil War game, Thanksgiving weekend, and, you know, they're playing basketball. You know, they had Gary Payton in basketball way back in the day, but you know that was intense when they the Ducks and Beavers played in basketball too. So we'll kind of get a little bit more of an inside perspective of Oregon, Oregon State coming up in about an hour. But we we got to go back to Scal. And you, you mentioned uh, Tyler Euless, SEC Player of the Year, SEC Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, and for the most part, everything – was pretty much Ben Simmons to lose when it came to accolades in the SEC. Uh, Tyler kind of came on late, not from the way he played, because he played great all year, but from the standpoint of him getting credit and getting recognized by people outside of Kentucky, by media outside of Kentucky, he was kind of like, you know, the horse that closed late, you know, at in the end of the derby. You know, he came in and made a push as far as everybody else is concerned. And you can say he kind of ran Ben down and, and nipped him at the end. Uh, and then you had Scal outscoring Simmons uh, in the game against LSU Saturday. 18 points, nine rebounds, six blocks uh, to Ben Simmons, 17-point you know, outing. So, that I mean, he was getting salt in the wound from all directions, and he was even salty after the game. And this is all kind of stuff going on Saturday. Well, in, in starting with that, uh, Cal and and his now, you know, in this, in this I, I touched on this last week, but uh, Cal does his Cal speak, and we we know when to pay attention, when not to, and you know he's he's made this big production out of these tweaks. I'm not going to laugh because when Cal tweaks, that usually ends up in a pretty decent. NCAA run for the Cats, so I'm not going to dismiss this out of hand. But whatever he has said or done or or done differently with Scal over the last two games, it's perfect. He's not back to the basket. He's finding space in the zone, putting pressure on the bigs because he can hit the 12 to 15 foot jump shot easily. I mean, it's it's to the point now where you can almost book that shot going in. 
So when he's involved in the pick action with Ulysses, uh, it's that pick and pop, and he can knock that shot down. He can catch the ball in the zone, as he did over these last two games, and hit that shot. That's what, the, that's what we've been missing from uh, the offense. So if you've got Scal hitting that shot and the plays they've been running on offense with uh, Scal and Lee or, you know, two bigs at the, uh, at the free throw line there, and 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 Uless just running running his man off the picks and and that kind of thing. Well, you now you got options, okay? If you pick and you move with Scal, do you let Uless continue onto the basket? Do you guard Scal for the jumper, which opens things up for everybody else? And we all know what the pick and roll with Uless and Lee. We all know that. I've tweeted out if you if your team lets. Euless and Lee pick and roll, you deserve to get on SportsCenter. And yet, they, they, they continue to, to do that. So now our offense has a little bit more complexity on the inside. So with Scal hitting his jump shot, with Lee rolling to the basket, now you're forcing that weak side defender to make a choice. Do you help on Lee rolling to the basket or Scal go to jumper? Oh, look who's on the opposite side. Now we've got Jamal Murray. Now we've got a healthy uh, Derek Willis. Now the offense, you've got to play. Whereas before, like against Kansas, Kansas went triangle and two, stalled the offense out. Well, you can't do that anymore because those jumpers that that triangle and two was given the bigs, Scal can hit those. And even AP, and Lord knows we need (laughs) – if he's going to ever be consistent – now is the time. Give us everything you've got for these hopefully <laughs> next nine games. If not now, then never. But please, let's see what you got. So with Scal's emergence, and I think the even bigger note is the six blocks against LSU. If you, everybody remembers the first LSU game, our inside players were terrible. It was just, a, it was just terrible. But with Scal playing the way he played, Marcus Lee returned to the good Marcus Lee where he's active, he's rolling to the basket, he's dunking, he's he's doing everything good and not fouling out. And then with AP being aggressive looking for his shot, well, you, you see what happens. It's, it's night and day. So a lot of good things to look at from that LSU game. And, and speaking of night and day, I had to – I've been waiting to drop that all year. I don't use musical references in every single thing I write, but I was waiting as soon as Scal committed. I was thinking, you know, of course you had Scal and Cal. Everybody was rhyming with that. Scal, be sure. I wrote that for CameronMillsRadio.com because, you know, back in the day, we were little kids when this came out, but Al Be Sure had a song called Night and Day. One of his best jams. He had a couple of other good ones as well. That's probably the one he's most known for. That's probably what you think of when you think I'll be sure night and day. But I had to write an article uh, after Scal's performance because his last two games have been night and day compared to uh, the struggles and confidence issues he had throughout the season. So I did a little Scal be sure, I'll be sure, linking, you see what I did there kind of piece because Scal was sure. He was sure of himself. 
like you mentioned, the six blocks, it wasn't just he was hitting it in the groove on offense. He was in the groove on both ends of the floor. He was in rhythm on both ends of the floor, uh, coming over protecting the rim. One time he uh, had to rotate over quickly and still went straight up and got the block right there at the rim. And that's uh, one of the things that hadn't been happening all season. You know, commentators brought that out. Kentucky Big has been a step late pretty much all year. It was cat-like quickness that he, you know, stepped up and stopped the penetration, got back over to uh, stop the dish, the shot attempt after the dish was made uh, because it looked like an opening was there. If you're LSU, oh, I got I got Scal committing to me. Let me dish off to the man he just left. He recovered both of them. He erased both aspects of that offensive play for LSU. So that's it's good to see that kind of coming in into uh, coming together for him. And like you mentioned on offense, he was looking to shoot. He wasn't uh, indecisive. Uh, one time, I'm not gonna say it was officially back to the basket, but he was kind of. Uh, halfway back in his man down, and and they took the move away. And so he just spun over his left shoulder and knocked down that jump hook. You know, he countered and adjusted to what the defense was giving him. He took what the D gave him and knocked down a nice little jump hook. So it's, you can see maybe him adapting and, and speeding up and, and just doing what he needs to do to get in the flow of the game and not only get in the flow of the game, display the skill set that everybody uh, saw and knew that he was capable of displaying uh, since he's been there. And and it's great. I think it's it's fantastic to uh, here we are heading into uh, March and we play our best two games. You know, some people will, will say, well, you know, Florida and LSU, yada, yada, yada. But, you know, even when we weren't playing fantastic, you know, still playing Kansas tough, that kind of thing. So you have to feel good. So now the Cats are able to – Derek Willis is is back healthy. He hit some shots uh, to kind of get his mojo going against LSU. Yeah. So now hopefully there's there's three more games where these guys – you know, Missouri's not in the uh, tournament, but we, we still need to see. We need to see <laughs> if Scal can – you got to show me. Can Scal do this for, for – you've done it for two. Can you do it for three straight games against teams that are desperate for a win? That's the that's the thing is, yes, you know, people are looking – oh, you look at – uh, Ole Miss and Alabama, you know, other teams on our side of the bracket, and we've we've handled them. But this is a different animal. There's a lot of teams that that need to win the tournament to go to the NCAA tournament, and it's always been, can you match that? And we didn't do that very well at Vanderbilt, but I was very pleased with the way we played at Florida, and obviously with LSU. And you know, when LSU made a run to to get to get close in the second half, and then we we answered and, and shut the door. That's what that's what has to happen. And I would love for us to jump out on these teams early. That way, Euless Murray don't have to play thirty six to thirty eight minutes a game. Uh, I would definitely like to to win early. Let those guys relax a little bit. And, and save up their legs, save up their juice for 
for the big dance. Still some things that we can do and look forward to in the SEC tournament, uh, you know, just, just getting guys ready to play. And, and if Scal is going to be this kind of aggressive on both ends of the court, we, we see what happens. When, when, when he plays, you know, at, a, at a, even just a, a decent level, I mean, it's 20-point wins. That's the, that's the difference. Yeah, it just changed the whole dynamic of of what of what Kentucky looks like as a team. Def, I mean, night and day. That's all you can say. The, the difference uh, when you see him jumping in there, and even if it's still a, more of a big man by committee, that's fine. Or if Scal is just con- blossoming and hitting his stride, either way. It's fine because it means all of them are playing well as a group collectively, or if it's Scal just continuing to, to, I don't know, earn his keep, if you want to call it that, then, you know, he's putting up numbers and dominating um, more so by himself, and then the others are kind of following suit. Either way, you get big numbers from that position because you know what you're getting from Euless and Murray um, Saturday the big guys went for a combined 50 points. Uh, I forget how many rebounds. Uh, but it was double, I think 19, I'll say 19 rebounds. Uh, and then you had Scal six blocks. 50 points from the four and five position uh, against LSU, like you mentioned. Uh, a rugged big team. You know, they weren't playing small ball out there. LSU wasn't. Uh, against the potential number one pick in the draft. Um, so we saw it a little bit against Florida. Uh, I tweeted out they had they put up good numbers collectively. We talked about it last week. Uh, big man by committee. Uh, and then they followed up again with another strong performance. So uh, you, just like you mentioned, Porthras and consistency from Alex. And if these bigs are con- consistent as a unit going forward, then it makes Kentucky – a problem. It makes them something uh, a load. It makes them tough to deal with uh, because it's, it's, you know, who are you going to stop? Who are you going to try to limit? Um, if you stop the bleeding here, then you're getting gashed over there. It would be kind of like that. You, you you start, you know, packing it in on scale. You know what's going to happen with Ulysses and Murray. And if you're still trying to extend that on Ulysses and Murray, well, then, you know, here's our big guys who are getting – get together, and then they start killing you from the inside. Um, Larry Vault tweeted out just because Murray uh, is just, you know, cranking out 20-point games left and right. He's sitting on 99 three-pointers right now. Uh, he said, you know, when he hits one in the tournament, he will join uh, Jody Meek and Travis Ford is the only guy to have 103 corners in a season. And I just looked because I immediately thought about one of my, I guess one of my favorite cats growing up as a as a kid. He was on that Rick Pitino team that went 14 and 14 in 89 in Rick Pitino's first year. I always liked Derek Miller. He was this long, lanky, 6'6", number four, high top fade. And, you know, that was the Pitino's Bombinos that was just launching threes. And I was like, wow, let's see how many Derrick Miller hit. So I had to go to BigBlueHistory.net 
Derek Miller just missed being on that list. He hit 99 three-pointers in that 89-90 season. So he would have been on that list as well. But Jamal right now is tied with Derek Miller. Uh, one more three puts him in the 100 three-pointers made in the season club. So, um, you know, unless something just crazy happens Friday, he'll he'll jump right in there uh, with triple-digit three-pointers made in his freshman season, already averaging 20 points a game because all he does is score 20 points every time out. Yeah, and, and he's on a scoring stretch uh, that has put him on a very short uh, list in Kentucky history. So going into the tournament, uh, both the SEC and the NCAA tournament, you have to like Kentucky's chances. Uh, that's the that's the benefit to uh, the way Cal coaches, the way he plays. You know, you play those big games, you, you know, Kansas and Duke, and you play Louisville and all that. But as we've seen some former Cats talk about this, and Devin Booker and Carl Towns have spoken to this, you know, at Kentucky, even though the team in the SEC may not be top 25 caliber, you are literally taking everyone's best shot wherever you go. You know, people like to mock Cal when he said, we're everybody's Super Bowl, but how many special T-shirt night games are are we the visiting team for? A lot. And when you play teams, no matter who you are or, or no matter who they are or whatever, beating Kentucky still means something. You know, Auburn, I think Auburn, this is – what, their 18th time beating us ever. I mean, there's just things like that. So there's things that you get used to that you don't get in other places. So, hey, I'm still going to bet on this team reaching the Final Four, you know, sight unseen on the bracket, because I think they can do it. Yeah, yeah, they are definitely uh, capable of putting that run together. Not only do we, we see the history of this happening, but uh, you want to say every team is flawed. Kentucky has been. Everybody else is as well. And you just kind of like Cal's track record in March, whether he's got a dominant squad or he's got a squad where he's kind of had to, to, to fight and put elbow grease in and, and tweak and tinker even up into February and March. <laughs> we still – have seen what has been the result, no matter what type of season it is or what type of team it has. You know, we've seen it go both ways. Yeah, and 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 the thing is, with Scal and the big guys playing better last couple of games, you give Tyler Eulis as a point guard four players that can, that can do things offensively. I mean, that's it's almost unfair. Uh, I mean. When when you can let him poke and prod your uh, your defense, I mean that's a that's a uh, it's almost an unfair advantage with the way he's been playing right now. Speaking of which, as you alluded to earlier, Ben Simmons of LSU uh, wasn't very uh, he he had some he he wasn't singing Tyler Ulysses' praises and. You know, some people took exception to it. I understand he's young. You know, he's had a frustrating season. I understand that. I'm not going to jump on the young man. But here's here's the thing. 
there was a time in the second half, LSU went to a zone. And Ben Simmons, it was a 2-3 zone. He was on one of the wings. And he st- there was a beautiful shot by uh, CBS. Jamal Murray comes running right behind him. Ben Simmons watches Jamal Murray come behind, running the baseline. Jamal Murray runs to the corner. Now, this is Jamal Murray. This isn't someone you haven't seen on the scouting report. And he stands there, watch Jamal Murray catch, square up, shoot. He hits the three, and Ben Simmons doesn't move. That to me, and, and I don't like getting on the young man, but you, you got to show me a little something. And I think that's been the the backlash against Ben Simmons this year. He's he's got numbers, and the numbers look good. And if you look, he put up decent numbers against Kentucky, but. Was he really a factor, even when the game was close? And I think the more LSU games you watch, you see he's got this talent, but he's not really asserting himself as you would think a talented player would. And I think that's the difference between Simmons and Eulis, is we all know the little general, the point guard, he, he – for 40 minutes, he, he's given you everything he's got on both ends of the court. And I don't think there's ever a time where you feel like he's just kind of going through the motion. Even when Tyler Ulysses makes the pass, before the pass that leads to the bucket, he's engaged. And I think, to me, that's the difference between the two. Will I think Ben Simmons be a great pro? Certainly. I, I, I believe that to be the case. He's got the talent. You, you've got to provide that energy, that, that drive yourself to take that talent and go to the next level. I think we're talking about the same play. Um, and because I tweeted out at one point, it was after a Murray three, I said, I tweeted out, LSU acted like they were allergic to Murray on that play because it was like a, it was like a warm-up jumper. You know, it was just – I'm in the gym by myself, or I'm just over here in pregame getting shots up. That's how open he was, and, like, nobody reacted to him. And I, I I bet we're talking about the same play because I was like, really? He is wide open. I mean, nobody's even running yeah. after him late after the shots out. Nobody yeah. got a hand up. And I said, because they did that, like, he had, like, like, measles or something. Nobody even tried to get over there on him. Well, and, and that's the thing is, the way we've been shooting, I don't think you can zone Kentucky right now. Again, I'm not a coach. I'm not making that money. I don't think you can. But if you do, even in a zone, you've got to be able to find the shooters. And that's why I said this is this is Jamal Murray who's shooting as well as anybody in the country right now. You, you have to – he ran completely unimpeded along the baseline. You know, I'm not saying you need to chuck it. You need to make contact with a great shooter or anybody. That's just one of those basic things, and it it didn't happen. The people I was watching the game with, I said, once Kentucky goes up 15, LSU will quit. And once Kentucky got up, I think it was 16 points, I said game over, and then that's when it became a laugher after that because LSU had kind of given up against Arkansas the game before. So, uh, 
I'm not going to jump another on, game. On jump, yeah, another I'm not going to jump on. They uh, need it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not going to jump on the Johnny Jones anti-Johnny Jones bandwagon, but you you, you can't be fighting for your postseason and, and, and lay stinkers, those kinds of stinkers. Uh, and, especially and not I mean, back to back. Yeah, and to me, and I gotta get, I'll get back to Ben Simmons in a second too. Um, but I mean, Arkansas's in that same boat. I mean, Mike Anderson's been there for a minute, and they kind of underachieve and drop games that they shouldn't drop. So I think uh, LSU is coming off a loss to Florida, maybe or something. I can't remember the schedule, but Arkansas is a team that you know, underachieve as well. So you think, yeah, surely LSU can underachieve less than Arkansas because LSU, the tournament is more within their reach, you know, for them than it is for Arkansas. So, you know, they'll be a little more desperate and they'll come out and, and try to take care of business. And they didn't, got drilled. And, <laughs> you know, played at Tennessee, got drilled by Tennessee, which, I mean, Kentucky Law done it too. But still, you know, Games that LSU could have made uh, life better for themselves, they have absolutely laid total eggs. Yeah, and 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 I say that because you know we we Kentucky this year has dropped some games that you kind of say, okay, but yeah. you you don't let one bad game become two bad games become a bad stretch, yeah. and that's why. Cal hasn't lost three consecutive games as Kentucky's coach since he's been here. Because I don't know if there's a better coach that says, no, 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 we're not, no. And and whatever it takes. And, and even Tyler Eulis, after we lost those back-to-back games, Tennessee and Auburn, uh, comes back against Florida and puts up that monster game at Rub. Uh, you have to be able to answer the bell. And LSU – just just hasn't, and that's when I said, you know, this is no, uh, I mean, I guess it is an indictment against them, but I said, once you get up, so I said, they just kind of, they, they packed it in. So I don't know what's going to happen, you know, as they move forward. Um, but if you've got a talent like Ben Simmons, you've got to be able to find a way to utilize him. I think it's criminal that, LSU is not going to be in the tournament barring a magical run in the SEC. I mean, that is – I mean, you could point to games they lost early in the season they shouldn't have lost, and then you could point to games like Arkansas and even, you know, Kentucky. They they had the talent to go in and win in Rupp Arena, but it just didn't work out. Uh, And I think that's what separates – the great coaches and motivators from the very good coaches. Absolutely. Let's take a quick break. Get back to this and more on the other side. About 25 minutes, Lindsey Spencer will be on with us. I'm going to talk about for a quick second, since we're on this Ben Simmons topic, uh, I was tweeting with a member of the uh, Baton Rouge, New Orleans area media a few weeks ago, uh, and we end up tweeting a little bit about Ben Simmons. I'll tell you what he said because it goes hand in hand with what we're talking about. Uh, but we'll get to that right after the break. You're listening to Cats Talk Wednesday, Vinny Hardy and Terry Brown on the Brown and Hardy Radio Network on blocktalkradio.com. We'll be back in about three minutes. Give it motion. Give it motion. 
most in the media, and of course, all the fans are down there. And I, I just thought that was interesting that he was saying. I hadn't heard anybody, especially from Baton Rouge in that area, you know, saying anything bad about him. But that was his thoughts six weeks ago. Well, and here and here's the difference, uh, or the the point with Benson. Talent can can do some things for you, but you have to be able to use that talent, uh, I guess, correctly. And like I said, yes, Ben Simmons was putting up numbers. That's obvious when you look at uh, what he's done, you know, historically. But still, there were just so many games where he just made no impact, yet put up the big numbers. That's the, and I guess that's the frustrating thing, is what, and, and he's going to be one and done. We we agree with that, but. What is he doing today that he improved upon from when he arrived at LSU? What is he doing different? And I say that because, you know, everybody says Cal can't coach. You look at what Jamal Murray has done this year, night and day. You look at it, you know, you'll be able to see if, you know, if Scal gets us near double-doubles, this is a Final Four team. And then you can say, okay, man, Scott looked bad, but something happened. Some light switch went off. And you can see that even the guys at the NBA right now were different players when they left Kentucky. And I don't know if you could say that about Ben Simmons. You talked about not letting one game become two games become a bad stretch as far as uh, you know losing streaks go. And, and just to look at their schedule, uh, early season, you know, their first loss was against Marquette. Lost by one, you know, okay. Lost, lost the nail-biter. I don't know how the game ended. Did somebody hit a buzzer beater, you know, or, or something like that? I don't remember. 81-80. to 80. The next game against NC State, they lose 83-72 in overtime. Well, now you lost two in a row. You're off for six days, you know, November 24th to November 30th. November 30th, they come out after losing two in a row, and they lose by 12 to Charleston. So that, and then they beat – and they haven't played defense all year. Uh, you mentioned how, how they just they just let Murray just have a wide-open three and didn't even think about trying to guard him. After losing to Charleston, they beat North Florida 119-108. to 108. How are you giving up 108 points to North Florida? And they followed that up with a loss to Houston, one hundred five to ninety eight. So I mean, they just you know, teams just hanging a hundred points on them, like it ain't nothing. So you know they haven't guarded anybody all year, and they've had several bad stretches, like you said all year. It's, you know, it, it's like like they had lost the game and then okay, nip it in the bud and and right the ship. They let stuff just you know fester and blow up in the big bad losing streak. Yeah, and you know, and heading into the SEC tournament, I think even with Texas A&M there, I think Kentucky's still going to be the favorite, which is no surprise, which is why I call it the UK Invitational. But this yeah. time of year is awesome with with all these small mid-major tournaments and, and teams that that really, if you don't win your tournament, you're not going to the NCAA tournament. 
and I love this time of year because you can see some really good basketball, and it helps you fill out your your bracket uh, when teams are more than just a name, you know, on the sheet. There's been some some great plays. There's been some head scratching plays already, and as I said, the big boys haven't even played yet with the with the big conferences starting their uh, tournament run, uh, you know, today and tomorrow. So it's going to be interesting. And I love basketball, so this is, you know, you can turn it on and I will watch the SOCON tournament or the MAAC because uh, I tweeted out, you know, watching all these small conference tournaments uh, that will help you familiarize yourself with who's going to beat Kansas in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's where you got your Bucknells and your Northern Iowas and all that kind of stuff, so. Exactly. And <laughs> speaking of uh, – Speaking of having to get in, Gonzaga was in a position where they had to to win the West Coast Conference Tournament to make it because they were on the bubble. You know, normally it doesn't matter, you know, whether they win or not, they're going to get in. And they even end up winning that tournament anyway. Uh, last night it was kind of, you know, one of those desperation deals that like we better go ahead and, and make for sure. Uh, so, and they were able to win. So, Kyle Wilcher, former cat, will be in the big dance because Gonzaga took care of business last night. Yeah, Gonzaga's become and 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 we need to and I still see some people talking about, you know, their Cinderella. No, Gonzaga is good. It's like Boise State in football. No, they're they're past Cinderella, they're past this feel good story. No, they are they are one of the big boys. When you have had the success they've had uh, I think eighteen or sixteen or eighteen straight tournaments that's a that's a that's a great run, and you know they get there and they make noise, and uh, I love to see Wilcher, Kyle Wilcher, do well. Once a cat, always a cat. So I, I think it's great what he's been able uh, to do. So I love all these tournaments, and, and you know, as Kentucky fans, we we kind of lose out on the fact of of these smaller schools where just making the tournament is is their goal. Where you, and that's there's a different kind of excitement uh, when those teams you know win their tournament and and, and everything. Uh, it's just a different, and that's what I love watching because, like I said, we don't experience that uh, as Kentucky fans. Definitely, um, Michelle Morton, who's listened to the show for the first time last week and is listening again tonight, and we appreciate it. Um, she asked. Our thoughts, we can flash back. I don't even think we talked about it. Our thoughts on the Grayson Allen stuff. She tweeted that before the show started, you know, with his repeated episodes of, of tripping guys. Um, dirty, obvious, and, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's totally unnecessary and there's no place for it. You know, you, you try to get an edge playing ball athletically and competing, but that's not the way you do it. You know, in in any sport, I mean, unless you're wrestling or doing some kind of MMA type stuff, uh, but he blatantly did it. Got a what reprimand from the ACC. I don't even know if Coach K was asked about it or said anything about it. And when there was the little dust up Saturday with with Murray, you know, with the Tim Quarterman that walked in between. Jamal Murray and Tyler Ewis at a timeout or something like that. And it looked like Murray might have tried to trip him. 
Uh, it was some stuff getting tangled up inadvertently or on purpose. I don't know. But I immediately tweeted out. I was like, ain't no need for no Grayson Allen stuff because there's, there's just no need for that anywhere. You know, no no need for no intentional tripping. Here is my thoughts on this. And I've seen ESPN folks talk about it. Basically, some people saying well, it's only an issue because it's a Duke person. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that. You know, if somebody else on Southeast Missouri State had tripped somebody, it's probably not news. But as a Kentucky fan, you, you see this as a pattern where Duke players have been not necessarily trying to injure someone, but they've been a little chippy, especially after the play and that kind of thing. I think we all flash back to uh, Minu Timberlake being on the wrong end yeah. of Christian Leitner's foot in that yeah. great game. You know, and I always say, and I will say to my entire day, how can you step on someone's chest and not get ejected? I mean, that's no. the, I mean, that's, the, you know, uh, so a lot of people, you know, more than just Kentucky fans, see Grace Allen trip two guys, uh, and you say, okay, another Dookie. I mean, it, and that's rightly or wrongly, that's the notion that we have of, of what Duke basketball is. Great program, and I'm not knocking Coach K and his five titles and, and all that, but it's kind of the way that they win. Uh, and like, like I said, rightly or wrongly, that's just the perception of the program. Duke, great program. The, the, the guys are kind of jackasses, unnecessarily so. You know, that's the mindset you have. Uh, I mean, I'm sure that, you know, people outside of Kentucky, what they think about our program, especially, you know, with Cal, with the one-and-dones and playing loose with the rules, you know, rightly or wrongly, that's the perception. So, yeah, if a player at Duke trips, of course it's big news. The same way it would be if, if uh, Kentucky, if we had somebody do something, yeah, it's bigger news than if it was, uh, somebody else, but that's the way it is. I would have liked to see Coach K be a little bit more forceful about it uh, publicly and say, you know, we don't we don't do that. But you know, at the end of the day, I, I think uh, a reprimand was was warranted. And uh, but I, I think he's going to be on a short leash moving forward. Would be my uh, would be my thoughts on that. Yeah, and. You mentioned if there's another player at another school, maybe it doesn't get that attention, you know, Missouri State or Southeast Missouri State, something like that, maybe not. Uh, that one kid did trip, but it wasn't official. One kid tripped an official and got suspended, so that's definitely going to get attention no matter who you play for. Um, I think it might have been Matt Jones at KSR, I heard say, to take what you said and just flip the script and look on the other side. He said, if Grayson Allen is black and plays at Clemson, he gets suspended. And, yeah. you know, it, it's kind of hard to not disagree with that either, you know. But, you know, yeah. you, you got Grayson at Duke and you get a reprimand from the conference that's a kid up in Clemson, you know, he's he, he riding a pine for a game. So it, it's, he's, and he yeah, had a point he, too. He, that's they, a valid point. Yeah, the the guy gets ejected and yeah. sits a game. Uh, that's my thoughts on yeah. that. 
And yeah, and so. for these people that I don't want to call them Duke apologists, but saying, oh, it's no big deal. It's only a big deal because it's Duke. Well, yeah, that's the way it is in America. If uh, I speed down the street, that's not on the front page, but if it's Michael B. Jordan actor, yeah, that's front, That's how TMZ makes their money. They don't just feel yeah. uh, regular people being ridiculous. It's celebrities. That's the the way this thing operates. And one thing I wanted to touch on, I forgot to get on last week, but it was uh, Arizona's uh, Sean Miller. Uh, Arizona had just lost to someone on the road, and they got the court stormed against him. And he came out with a very thoughtful uh, position on court storming. And his whole thought is, is, and I agree with, it's only a matter of time before we have a bad incident. It, it's only a matter of time before fans coming onto the court interact with players coming off of the court and something negative happens. But here's no. the point with the court storming. With football, people storm the field, number one, it's a it's a bigger area. And football players have a little bit of protection. Uh, even if you jump the fence, you know, jump out of the stands on a football field, you still got quite a bit of time before you can get on the actual field itself at most stadiums. But most basketball arenas, you're right there. And as soon as the horn sounds, fans are coming on, you can't get players coming off. It, it's, it's a dangerous situation. We've seen players get jostled by fans coming onto the court. The problem is there's only about eight teams in college basketball where this is an issue. Arizona has lost, I think they said, like 12 times on the roll in the Pac-10 last couple of years, and they've had the court rushed against them 10 times, which is ridiculous. We all know when Duke loses, when Carolina loses, they rush the court. To my surprise, Vanderbilt rushed the court after beating us this year. So until there's an incident, you'll have people downplaying what rushing the court, what a danger it is, because the only people that really say things about it that have their team, you know, their team kind of in that situation, it's Miller at Arizona, it's Cal at Kentucky, it's Williams at North Carolina, and it's Coach K at Duke. Nobody's going to listen to them because oh, you know, the, and, and Miller said so. Our only thing is. Don't lose on the road. I want to be wrong, but as the court stormings become more and more prevalent, especially against different teams, it's going to be an issue, and we will have a situation. We saw that a couple of years ago with Aaron Harrison and a, and a fan at Arkansas. Yeah. It, 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 uh-huh. You know, it's a picture, and people kind of chuckled, but that's dangerous. And a lot of facilities. Yeah. There's no barrier at all between the fans and the players. There has to be a burden on the home team to provide the visiting team and its staff to get off of the court. There's got to be a way to do that. Fining doesn't work. There's got to be other things that need to be done for that. because it is dangerous. It is going to be a situation. You know, we laugh and joke about the 
Christian Watford shot with Indiana, but there's that that scary picture of of uh, Darius Miller, you know, who was trying to block the shot and fell down on his back as Indiana fans rushing the court or stepping over him. That could have been a disaster. Mm-hmm. That and. It, when you say that, people say, oh, you know, Kentucky fans, you know, don't lose. No, I mean, I, I don't want to see a Duke player get stepped on or trampled or knocked down. I don't want to see a North Carolina kid. It's it's not it's not right. You've played your heart out for 40 minutes, especially if it's a buzzer beater or a close game, and then right after that you've got some yahoos in your face. I admire the restraint a lot of these kids are showing. But one day – the kid won't show their strength, and on ESPN it'll say, uh, you know, so and so at Duke, you know, gets into it with a fan, and we're going to make the player the bad guy. Well, no, you can't come onto the, you can't come onto the court, you can't come onto the field. That's the way it should be. Exactly. And now it is time <clears throat> for our guest to join us. Uh, she is the number one fan of the show. The first lady of Evansville Athletics, the queen of UE. We are happy to bring Ms. Lindsay Spencer on this, to the show. Welcome, Lindsay, to Cat Talk Wednesday. How are you doing? Hello. I'm well. How are you guys? We're, we're doing fantastic. Here. Thanks so much for coming on. We had Mr. Aww. Spencer on early. Now we get the lovely Mrs. Spencer. So uh, they might be the first family of Cat Talk uh, Wednesday, Vinny. Oh. No doubt. Oh, man, I feel like we need T-shirts or something for that. The first lady of UE Athletics, is that pretty accurate? Is that about right? Yeah, that, yes, that's accurate. Okay, all right. I was making sure I was in line. I, I wanted to get it right. <laughs> and, and, and for those folks that are on Twitter, you can follow Lindsay at Leopard Print Lindsay. Lindsay? Lindsay? Uh, Got it? Le- yeah, just, yeah, just hey. Leopard Lindsay. Leopard Lindsay, Leopard Lindsay. There we yeah. go. I'll get it right eventually. Uh, no, that's okay. But she, she's always at at Aces events and, and different things. So, so oh. yeah, uh, I oh, think she wait. is the first lady. I am. Yes, this is true. Yep, always gotta. You know, we make sure to to support our teams, and we we love to to show them you know support and go to their games, and we travel with them when we can, and that's it's all part of the fun. It really is. It's really enjoyable, and it's just nice to be part of a, just a really good group of kids that we have here and show them that, you know, we care and we like what they do and we appreciate what they do, and, yeah, we have a good time with it. Now, you're you're just, not from the Evansville area originally. You're, you're from not. the great state of, of Oregon. I've already told Vinny, I've warned Vinny, don't bring up the team in Eugene. You are all about the team in Corvallis. So, we are all so about the black and How yes, we are. how far how far are the two towns apart, Corvallis and New York? They're only about forty five minutes apart. So they're and, for Oregon, that's really pretty close. Um it's just a good straight shot right down our highway and it's it's kind of funny because like up in Corvallis you you got all the orange and black and then you go down the road and there's the yellow and green but when you go up to Portland which is about two hours north of us it's kind of a mix. Um, 
But yeah, it's, it's a real, that's a big rivalry. That's a big one. And, and I don't think people yeah. understand, you know, we hear about Duke, North Carolina, and of course here mm-hmm. it is Louisville and Kentucky and, you know. Yeah. I, I didn't know until fairly recently, you know, I, I kind of heard the, you know, about the Civil War, but it wasn't until recently that both teams, uh, particularly in football, got really, really good that you understand, okay, yeah, those those teams and those fans really don't like each other. They're, no, we we really don't. We really, yeah, we're you, for most people, I should say, you're one or the other. And there are those, you know, who say, yeah, when the Ducks are, you know, when the Ducks aren't playing us, it's good to support because it's good for the state, it's good for the Pac-12. That's all good and all, but not everybody's like that. Not everybody wants to play that game, and I am not one of those people. (laughs) (laughs) I am a Beaver fan, you know, that's just the way I am. And and the funny thing, Vinny, is, you know, even though she's 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 Miss Evansville and Go Aces, every now and then when you're on Twitter late enough and she's and she's up on uh Pacific time, she still watches those beavers. She is I she, do. she is still tweeting about the uh the beavers and, and, and everything. So you can take the girl out of Oregon but you can't can't take the Oregon out of the girl. No, no, that's true. You cannot and yeah, we, we get excited when we check, you know, like the national channels and see that they'll they'll be playing out here because we don't have back in Oregon you have the Pac-12 network so you get all the games you know anytime that they're on but we don't have that here we're in the Midwest um, so it's really great to get onto ESPN or Fox Sports and see that we'll be able to watch their games and of course they come on at like nine or ten o'clock at night but we watch <laughs> we, we'll we'll skip out on a little bit of sleep to try and watch and see how the team's doing um, Mark still has some ties, you know, back to the university. He knows uh, Wayne Tinkle, who's the head coach. He was, Wayne came in right at the time Mark was leaving. Um, So we were kind of bummed that we didn't get to know him a little bit better, but he's a great guy. He's just one of, just, he's so polite. He's so nice. And he runs a great program. Um, So it's nice to still watch and still support. I think this year, most of the players that I remember are graduating, which is weird because now I'm like, oh, I don't don't really know any of the any of the team members anymore, but I'm still gonna watch. I'm still gonna support. And uh I still go to the gym here wearing my beaver gear. <laughs> gotta gotta represent. Got to. I do. I do. Now being in Evansville, um like for people that have never been there before, what are some places that you have to go to? Like a restaurant you have to go to or shopping areas you have to go to? What is it that you have to do before you leave? Oh, my gosh. Well, I would say Taroni's Pizza. That's kind of a local thing. And they make it's, – it's like a thin crust pizza, but it's really, really good. Um they do our they host our radio show during basketball season. Um, almost every Monday we'll do a basketball radio show and they they give us the space and we can host it there so everyone can go down and eat some Taroni's pizza and but I would say for, for food that's where I would go. Um for clothes and shopping, I go to Versona 
I think people who are on my site, like on my Twitter or my Instagram or Facebook, whatever, they see that I talk about Versona a lot. That's my that's become my main like shopping spot. It's a really fantastic store. Um, they carry a lot of great women's clothes. They carry a lot of accessories and a lot of jewelry. They have great sales and they get new stuff in like every week. So it's fun to go in and I can always find something different. Or if I need something specific. I almost always know that I can find it there. That's cool. And even last week when we were, I'm not going to say calling you out, but we, we talked about you and said we we got to get Lindsay on the show because you've been yeah. backwards to support us and, and retweet Aww. us and interact with the show and <laughs> and uh, just show the show so much love. And mm-hmm. I even talked about, I was asking Terry how far Evansville was from Louisville, and I was like, Man, we'll have to one day when we get the show bigger, make a road trip and maybe do a show in Evansville and catch an Aces game and, and the whole nine and meet y'all personally and all of that. So. Oh, yes. No, that would be awesome. I know that Mark would love it. He uh, he mentioned recently, he's you know, like, I, I kind of want to go back on their show. I'm like, you have a good time. It's fun to come on your show and it's fun to chat and <laughs> um, he likes to come on, and you know, anytime he can talk about, uh, anytime he can talk about the aces is good. I joke with him that sometimes I feel like I need to just write aces across my forehead to get attention, because <laughs> he gets so into into his, which I understand. He's the athletic director. That's exactly what he's supposed to do. It just cracks me up sometimes. Now, the first time, the first time you heard the, about, I mean, because you know Terry for for longer than I've known you. So the first time you heard mm-hmm. that Mark was coming on the show, we had a show and all this, what were mm-hmm. your thoughts? Before you had heard the show and you just knew Mark was coming on, and I know that you listened to his interview with us because you were tweeting and you know when he was on with us. What was your thoughts before he went on and while he was on and, and then since he's been on? Just kind of take it through the process. Um. Oh, that's a good question. I I was excited. I think I was excited the whole process when um, Terry reached out and he just and I mean Terry is always like he's like the number one most like respectful person in the world. Um, he was really he really really you are. Um, he was really nice about it. I didn't feel like he was talking to me to get to my husband. It was, you know, hey, you know, just a, it was just like, like just a thought. Like, do you think Mark would want to come on? And so I, I asked Mark, I'm like, well, would you be interested? Because I didn't know what he was going to say. And I, I feel like I remember about the time this happened, he had had to do a few other interviews. And so I remember him like being thinking like, oh my gosh, he's not going to want to do this. And he was like, um, I totally would. <laughs> he was really excited about it. And um, he really likes the um, the whole process of working with Terry as well. And I remember him telling me, he's like, that Terry emailed me about the show. He's like, he was like really professional and like the email was really nice. Um, and it really made him excited. And so he, you know, the night of he, where I'm, I'm sitting in our bedroom with the door closed, um, you know, he came on up and I listened and he, I could, I could just tell I'm like, He's having such a good time. Like he enjoyed the interview. He enjoyed talking to you guys. And when it was done, and he came down, he was just he was like, "That was, I would do that again. That was a good time. I enjoyed that." And he really liked talking oh, to you guys. Man. 
Oh, good. In in full full disclosure, uh, Lindsay and I we we bonded over the Bachelor. Oh, Bachelor! Uh, every, every, everyone that follows me on Twitter knows me in real life knows that for whatever reason, you know, when people give me grief. I love watching The Bachelor and The Bachelorette because it's ridiculous TV. It is ridiculous. But we bonded yeah. over tweeting about that, and then of course it took off on other things. But mm-hmm. it goes it goes back to The Bachelor, Vinny. I, I'm have to get you involved on the next on next year's uh, next season. Uh, yeah. I don't know if I can do it. I, I, you can. I, I believe in you. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I guess never say never, but I have never, you know, just checked it out. I always, you know, I see tweets and hashtags about it, and I just kind of watch a game or something. Or yes. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll dive in there next year. I don't know. <laughs> you should. You should. My, Mark tries to say that he doesn't watch it, but he does. Well, so. Yeah. And, and and Lindsay is a great follow because you don't know what you're gonna get. Is it gonna be, <laughs> is it gonna be aces aces? Is it gonna be uh, some fashion posts to help some of those fashion uh, challenge ladies? You, you just don't know what you're gonna get once she starts tweeting. So she's an awesome follow. Uh, Aww, but then, yeah, sure. you know, during, but but during the games, I can tell she has to censor her tweets. She gets she gets a little <laughs> feisty. I do. During Aces games or during the when the Beavers are playing, she can get a little feisty at, at times too. I, it's, right. it's known to happen. <laughs> I think people are also surprised to um, to see me at games, and I got a little, just a small, just a smidge of a, a reputation for um, maybe yelling at refs. Maybe I'm not. <laughs> I mean, nor denying it, but it might have been noticed. It's and it sad. might have been noticed by some of our players. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> sporadic Tourette's you got. It's, it's, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, you know, sometimes I I can't keep my opinions to myself. Well, we we understand. We understand that. <laughs> <laughs> but it comes uh, with you've got you've got a fashion blog, right? So I you, do. You do yeah. You do your you do your fashion and, and share that on the internet with your Instagram and yes. and all that. We'll have to link that from the the show's page. Uh, yes. And and Vinny, she she likes she approves of my bow ties and my socks. I do, I so do. I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be fan. fashion forward. Uh, so she approves of my uh, of my attire from time to time. I've been known to reach out and say, "What do you think of this?" So, oh, okay. Uh, she she wears a lot of hats. I do, yeah, and I, I, do. I know I'm, also that I'm a jack of all trades. I know also you do some uh, photography. I was looking on the website at some of the different scenes in Oregon that you had taken pictures of, and it was uh, I'm trying to remember the there were little little different towns like Millersburg, Oregon. Was that one of them? Yeah, that's yes. There were some cows there. Is, yeah. And then there's an ocean shot. I can't remember the name of the beach I don't have it in front of me, but just tell us about some of these little towns where you've taken these photographs. I saw one of hot air balloons about to take off. Uh, you had the, oh, the beach. Um, mm-hmm. 
Well, the the hot air balloons each each year toward I think like the end of summer. Of course, now I've been out of Oregon for like a year, so all my dates get jumbled. But it's later in Oregon, um, Albany, the little town there, does the Art and Air Festival, and it's all based. There's a little airport out there. So they'll have, like, little planes and stuff, but it's mainly about the hot air balloons where people will bring, you know, from all around, and they just have a big open space. And at night, they'll do, like, the night glow, which I don't think I – I don't have pictures of that. I didn't make it to the night glow the last, the last time I was home. Um, but then they'll do the liftoff, which is at, like – six o'clock in the morning or something ridiculous. You've got to get there really early. But it's quite a few people go because it's really neat to just, you get to see the whole process of them unloading the balloon, setting it up, and, and you don't know how large they are until you're standing right next to one. And they are massive. And these people know, I mean, they know what they're doing with getting it all attached, filling it correctly with air, and then they take off and they there they go. And it's just, it's really incredibly beautiful. So, I just recommend to anybody, if there's a hot air balloon festival anywhere near you, get up early, go. You won't regret getting up early to go to that. Um, some of the other pictures, Miller, Millersburg is uh, the town my parents live in. Um, and it's just kind of just a cute little town. My mom and I just drove around one day and just took some pictures, and the cows were really cute because when we got there, they just wandered over. Like, we were just stopped on the street, and they just wandered over to the fence, and it was just kind of cracking us up. Um, the coastal pictures are probably some of my favorite. Um, the Oregon coast is my absolute favorite place to go. It's, there's just nothing like it out there. I always kind of joke with people. You know how everyone says, you know, when they win the, the lottery, where would you buy a house? And some people are probably like, oh, France or the Bahamas. And I'm like, I would buy one in Newport, Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> which is wow. not a hoity-toity town at all. Um, but it's just gorgeous out there, and that's I, it's like I can't put into words how how just awesome it is out there. It's just absolutely beautiful. This is going to sound silly, um, but, you know, when you – well, maybe I'm just speaking for myself. You, you think of the beach um, – you think of the locations, you know, on the coast, down mm-hmm. on the east coast, you think Florida and, you know, Myrtle Beach, yeah. South Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia Beach. I know that the beach and the coast goes on up to New Hampshire and Maine and all that, but I, I just kind of forget about that, you know, they got beaches too. And the same yeah. thing out west, you know, L.A., San Diego, all those, you know, and I saw the Pacific Ocean as a kid before I saw the Atlantic Ocean. But I, I kind of yeah. forget that you know the coast goes on up to Oregon as well. I don't. That's just silly oh, to yeah. think that. But the more the more touristy stuff is down on the southern parts of the coast, and you just don't even think about. I don't even think about Oregon having a beach. I always think Portland and Oregon State yeah. and Oregon. And oh yeah, they got a beach in Oregon too. They got coastline there too. But I don't even yeah. think about it. Well, and it's funny <laughs> because we have quite the little landmark on the Oregon coast. Um, up in Astoria, which is in the northern part of Oregon, that's actually where The Goonies was filmed. Wow. So the house what? from The Goonies is still there. That's... Wow. <laughs> Don't get... Did I just the blow Goonies. your mind? The Goonies. That, that movie. The Goonies. 
that that movie defined my childhood. The Goonies. That that is okay. Well, I, I was I was gonna say something mean about Oregon, but I won't. The Goonies were filmed there. Wow. <laughs> See, why were you gonna? Uh, he was still gonna say mean something. Besides, if it wasn't for the Goonies, he would have trashed Oregon for no reason Trash at all. Oregon. Up and down. Thank goodness. Thank goodness you mentioned <laughs> Thank- that. <laughs> I second grade. I think it was second grade, and I don't know if we went to the theater or what. But it's just one of those movies you don't forget, you know. Especially when they slid you down did. and and found the treasure and burst open, and there's the ship, and there they're all like a I mean, water slide and hit. That's what I remember. That's my favorite part. I'm like that would be so yeah, cool. I mean, slide down and see that ship. You, you got yes. you got Joe Pantoliano was one of the bad guys. Robert mm-hmm. Davies, you've got Sean Astin, you've got yes. uh, Corey Feldman when the Corys were the biggest thing. I mean, uh, Josh Brolin, who yes, I forgot Josh was in Brolin. there. I mean, it's just, it makes zero sense when you look at it and you say, okay, how did they set all these booby traps? But you just go with it because it's the Goonies. Like, nothing you really do. makes sense. And I'm so glad. I've heard rumors there are going to be a sequel, but I'm glad that hasn't taken off because just let the Goonies be the Goonies. Let yeah, it stay the we, way it is. Yeah. Just leave I hate to interrupt, leave. but I hate to interrupt, but I got the little chat room open on our site, and your mom, Miss Heidi Swerble, My says mom. to tell you hi from Millersburg. So I My said mom. we would tell her. <laughs> mom is on the chat room. My mom is listening in. Yes. I'll behave myself then. Terry, you're about to trash Oregon in front of Mama Heidi. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Oh. I refrained. I, I let the record show I refrained. <laughs> <laughs> I got we, we got to switch to we got to switch to be, and because we we thank you via Twitter and via Instagram and everything. But out of the kindness of your heart, you nominated us in our show to be a recipient of Gary V's latest book. And yes. just please tell us about that. Gary Vaynerchuk sent Terry and I a copy of his latest book, Business, Marketing, Social Media, Career uh, mm-hmm. Debt, the whole nine. Tell us how that came about and what made you pick little old us. And, and and all of that. Well, I was introduced to Gary Vaynerchuk via, I believe, Instagram from one of my followers, um, Stuart Hardy. He's another kind of entrepreneur type person. And I got started with watching the Ask Gary V show. I was like, okay, I'm going to see what this guy's about. I started following him, following him on Twitter. And he's really, really inspirational. And he's not like motivational speaker inspirational and that's what I like about him like he's a very real straightforward person um, who has built up his own media business and taken his father's wine business from you know kind of just doing all right and making making money but to really making money and to really doing well and really selling and he started with doing YouTube videos about wine and that's kind of how he got his, kind of in a way, how he got his start. Um, so I started off by, like I said, watching the Ask Gary V show where you can use the hashtag on Instagram, Twitter, 
and you can ask him a question, and it might get answered on the show. And then that, he's, oh, my gosh, he's got to be close to 200 shows into that. Um, but he started off with then wanting to do a book. And he's written a couple books. He's written Crush It, Thank You Economy, and Jab, 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 Right Hook. And when he started doing this book, he came up with a really great idea, and he wanted a book squad. So he put it out there, and I applied. And I actually got, I was like one of the people picked. And there's, I think there's only around 700 people globally that were chosen out of the thousands who applied to be part of his book squad. And our job was just to basically, you know, promote the book, help sell it. And the book came out um, yesterday, actually, so it should be out in stores. Um, Barnes & Noble, Amazon have it. Um, But he also did a lot of giveaways. He loves to do – he's such a humble person, and he loves to, you know – give back to people even though he's constantly giving. So when he put out one of his tweets about giving away the book and, you know, picking picking somebody who I thought, you know, who whoever, you know, we thought, and I can't remember what the tweet said, just about choose somebody and I'm going to send the book to them. And I thought, Terry and Vinny need this book. Terry and Vinny are, you guys sit down every Wednesday to talk sports and I really believe in you guys, and I really like what you're doing. And this book is just so full. I mean, it's just it's chock full of information about how other entrepreneurs and others who are in, you know, working in social media, we can gain more leverage and we can get more followers and we can, you know, get kind of his almost secrets. And so there was just no doubt in my mind that I wanted to choose you guys. And so I was so excited when my alert went off. And he said, yeah, okay, send him some books. So I really hope you guys enjoy it because I know I'm sitting next to me on my bed right now, and I cannot wait to start reading it. Well, we certainly like, appreciate you thinking about us. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we're just we're just blown away, just humbled and honored that, like you said, that you would pick little of us and then, you know, Gary V thought we were worthy enough to send the book to and that I mean that just tops it all off. And thanks to Brittany as well for you know getting our addresses and getting it out to us. Just we just appreciate all of you all uh, helping us out and supporting our little show. Well I like what you guys do and I don't think it's a little show and I think it's only gonna grow from here. Well we definitely hope so and appreciate that. And that that led me to one other question I was thinking of when mm-hmm. when you said you were gonna come on, I started thinking about well, what do I wanna ask her? You know, I'm I'm thinking about stuff <laughs> at work and I'm writing little stuff down. What do uh all the home folks at Oregon and now your your um adopted home of Evansville think when they see you, you know, tweeting and retweeting a show from two guys that are UK fans. Was anybody say anything, especially if you're back home in oh. Oregon? Oh, uh, you know, that's the thing. My, I, hmm. Most of my, my people in Oregon are all on Facebook. So, but they're, I mean, you can see my mom, I think, liked your page immediately when I sent her the, when I sent her the link, I think she went and liked your page and she's listening. Um, today, all, yeah, she did today. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, sure all of my friends and family in Oregon, you know, they kind of know me. They're, like, this is what I do. 
I love being on social media. I love connecting with people. And I love when a connection becomes a friendship. Uh, which I feel like it absolutely has with you guys. Like I would, tw- like I've already told Mark, I'm like, uh, we need to just go down there and hang out with them because we're all friends. This needs to happen. Um, yeah. I I I get more uh, flack for it here, and right. that's what's funny to me. A lot of people are like, "What's up with this BBN stuff?" And I'm like, um, <laughs> they interact with me on social media. That's what's up. Like. <laughs> I throw it right back at him. I don't take it. I throw it back, and it's great. You know, and I I tweet about the aces a little bit more. Got to make sure to cover that one because that's, that's yeah. you know, got the main connection there. But it's like, you know, I, yeah, I'm not from Kentucky. I didn't go um, I didn't go to school at UK. I, but it doesn't matter. To me, a fan's a fan, and... Terry and I, it's something that we can talk about. If Terry wanted to talk about the Oregon Ducks, it would probably be a different story. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) The only thing, I I always thought that the Oregon Ducks were the better university in Oregon, but I have since learned differently. I I was all about the Ducks, but but I'm coming to the Beavers. I'm I'm on that side of the Civil War, so I I am rooting – for Oregon State, I have watched Gary Payton the second and Oregon State play oh. uh, up late at night because Vinny yeah. and I, our, our pro teams are all West Coast teams. I'm a Lakers and, and 49ers guy. We we always nice. talk about you yeah. have to stay up late and watch those teams play. So uh, I, I'm right yeah. there with you. So yeah, I'm, I'm going I'm going with the Beavers. Yeah, I could I could be swayed that way. Yeah, well, and Gary exactly. Payton had like quite the dunk the other night that if I can find it on Twitter, I'll tweet it to you guys because it, I mean, I think Mark and I watched it like five times in a row. The thing blew my mind. I was like, how did he even how did he even do that? Like, I might have to find it. It was impressive. But yeah, it's, I love that you guys are watching. Like, the Beavers are on your radar. I think that's great. And I know this is painful, but I did watch the Aces and their uh. run. Uh, in the tournament, number one, oh, number, I, I, I love St. Louis as a city. Uh, the former Mrs. TB went to school in St. Louis, so some of those places uh, where you were eating at uh, last week, I'm familiar <laughs> with. But the yeah. the Aces, they had a they had a great showing. Uh, I don't think they have anything to be disappointed about. No, they, and that's what I've. I mean, it, it hurts. And it, I'm waiting for uh, – I'm sitting here with Twitter in front of me, and I'm waiting for one of my, my friend Jeff to tweet me that he's sobbing again because we just kept tweeting each other the other night that we were just, oh, sobs, crying, because it hurt. Um, you know, we're not going to hide that, obviously, to lose on a buzzer beater stinks. Um, yeah. But I kept telling Mark, I'm like, the fact that they made it to the championship game is a huge accomplishment. And I'm incredibly proud of all of our players, especially our seniors. They fought really hard this year. Um, and they, I mean, I just tried to, you know, try and remind them, keep your head held high. You know, yeah, it stinks. And that I think even though it was, it was sunny here the first few days that we got back, there was a dark cloud over Evansville. And our fan base has really shown a lot of support and we've seen 
you know, comments on Facebook or on Twitter that, you know, they're like, this was a great season and people are still happy about it. And that's what I like. And that's, you know, I am the, I am the fan that goes to the game and I stay till the clock reads zero. Even if your clock, yeah. your, your team is losing, you don't leave. You stay and you support. Mm. And we have quite a few fans who are that way and who mm. took this loss and said, that's okay. You guys had a great season. And we're going to come back next year and be, you know, we're going to be great again. And I love it. It's been, I mean, it's been hugely supportive to not just the team, but also to the staff because the staff are just as in it. You know, yeah, the team's number one, um, but the staff and the supporters and, you know, we're all in this and we're all really invested in these games as well. Um, So it's nice to see you know, the support that, you know, we can get and the people who come up to us and say, you know, that was a hard loss and I know that was probably really tough on you. And it's it's nice to have that recognition that, you know, yeah, we all went home heartbroken, but at the same time we're, you know, looking forward to, you know, take your break. When the season starts again, we'll be ready to come back just as strong. That's right. We're talking with First Lady of University of Evansville, Aces Athletic, Lindsay Spencer, and you like you said, you can't hang your head on that. It was uh it was good defense. You forced him into a tough shot yep. to kid for Northern Iowa. And I mean oh. he shot it long. He kinda knew it he kinda knew it was long when he released it. He was trying to you look like he's trying to shoot it as soft as he could. It was off the back of the iron and you know, it nine times out of ten you are playing in, in overtime and it just happened it took a you know, a bounce straight up and straight in and uh, like you said, you guys will, will shake that off and yeah. come back strong the next season. Is is yeah. Evansville? Is it a primarily known for the basketball team? Is it the men's basketball, the women's basketball, baseball? You know, when you think Kentucky, everybody, even though there's other teams doing good, everybody thinks basketball. Is it the yeah. same way with Evansville, or yeah. is it, is it yeah. another? Okay. Yeah, it's yeah, it's mainly basketball here. I mean, we're getting excited. Our um, our baseball team. Oh, I think Mark just uh, side note. Mark just tweeted you guys uh, Peyton's dunk from the other day. Um, the baseball team has started their season. Their softball team has started their season, and our baseball team. They're both our both teams are already kind of off on a good winning streak. So we're. I'm looking forward to the weather getting warmer. Um, I'm not a big cold weather person, but I'm looking forward to the weather getting warmer so that we can go to games. But I know last year we went to a lot of the baseball games and a lot of softball games. And so I'm hoping that our fans will, you know, come out and support, you know, support those teams as well. They're working just as hard. And, yeah, it's not just about basketball, although basketball is pretty great. Well, and that's the thing here in Kentucky that people that follow me on Twitter know and always, it's more than just basketball. You know, we we fall yeah. in love with Coach Cal and those guys, and they're they're great. Don't yeah. get me wrong, but you know, everybody that puts on that Evansville uniform, that Kentucky uniform, the sacrifice is still the same. They still have exactly. practice and class and and everything. Yeah. So if yeah. you're going to be a a fan, you've got to be a fan for all of it. You know, nothing right. nothing infuriates me more than someone who is. Kentucky basketball and then die hard something else in football. That yeah. just it yeah, like that doesn't make sense. If, if you're going to be <laughs> Kentucky, well, you got to 
you know, you know, video tape. You've got to come to Commonwealth Stadium and and and, and see the butt whooping sometimes. That's the way it works. If you're Kentucky, that's just yeah. part yeah. of that's just part of it. You know? that, that is you so know? true. Come see Alabama come to town and, and hang half a hundred. That's just the that's the the way it works. So uh, that's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you, I mean, and when you're when you're split that way and. In northern Kentucky, there's Kentucky basketball fans, Ohio State football fans. Where I grew up, you know, it's it's Kentucky basketball. There's some who like Tennessee football back when Tennessee was doing good. It's like they just want to win, and that's they just want to go with a winner and be a front runner and not have to deal with losing seasons and bad losses. And I mean, unfortunately, there are fans like that. I call them fair weather fans. So they're just, just trying to get the best of all worlds in every sport. Yeah, and that's the thing, and that that I I guess my personal opinion is you can't be that way as a fan. Like you have to support your team almost more when they're losing because that's when they really need support. Like we all, you know, we all make mistakes in life. What you know, what if your best friend turned around and said, you know, you really put that outfit together poorly today, and you look horrible. I'm not going to be your friend anymore. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> so just because your team loses a game doesn't mean you need to attack them for it. It happens. It's part of life. Exactly. Well, I well it's funny that you mentioned that because one last thing, uh, you know, I, everybody knows I've got my, my wildcat blue uh, pants that I like to wear on big games, and I had those on, <laughs> and, and Vinny actually said the same thing. He said, I'm not a big fan of that outfit, but I am going to be your friend anyway. So thank you uh, for that, Vinny. I appreciate that. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I got it, and I think that's that's what you had. That's when that's the first time I met you when we were on Cameron Hill show, right? Yeah, it, it, we yeah, were on about a year ago, and we haven't been back since. But uh, oh, that's all right. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the blue pants are come out for special events. They're three and one this year. Uh, oh. I wore them for Duke, for the Duke game, Louisville game, Kansas, and then Senior Day. So I don't wear them often, but like I said, they're three and one this year. Uh, I probably won't break them out until the final four, so we'll see. Okay, I go. need to see these pants. I need to see these pants. <laughs> they sound fantastic. I don't Do know where I, in the this? world you would have even found Kentucky blue pants. No, no, no. You don't. You don't understand. They're not just Kentucky blue, but on they've got the UK logo on the back right pocket and on the inside it says. Uh, they say BBN, I think. Let me let me oh. double. You all talk. I'm I'm gonna find this because these pants are awesome. Don't. They're awesome. I got a oh while he was while he goes to get them. I got another Oregon question anyway about the the state of Oregon. Uh-huh. Um, first we'll go to Portland and and I just gotta ask what what do you have to see in Portland? Where do you have to eat in Portland? I know it's the biggest city in the state. What are the yeah. things you have to do when you are in the city of Portland? I'm waiting for uh, my husband to scream up the stairs and voodoo donuts. That is voodoo donuts. Voodoo donuts. And it's surprising because I've found that a lot of people kind of throughout the U.S. know what voodoo donuts is. Voodoo donuts, and this is my personal opinion, whether it's true or not, kind of kicked off the whole donut, weird donut thing. Um, that's where you can get, they do the maple bars with bacon on top. 
They do donuts with cereal on top. My favorite donut is the ODB, and it's a, I believe it's a chocolate donut that has, like, frosting with Oreos on top and then a peanut butter drizzle. It should be illegal, and it's not, (laughs) and it's the best thing in the world. Um, But that's kind of the, that's kind of the one thing, and they're, um, trying to remember they're they're down the location down by kind of where the river is is where the big keep portland weird sign is which is a big thing because we are we're weird out there and we just accept it and we are who we are um i've heard that i've heard that yes yes i i think i have a picture of the keep portland weird sign somewhere on my computer i'll have to find it um it was on the bachelor of, when they did the when they did the uh the the visits the at home visits yes, so, and, and so they went they, to, and they went to portland and yes. yeah yes Vinny, it all so comes back to the bachelor yeah it all comes back to the bachelor <laughs> literally when i say across the street i mean had the camera pans you would have seen voodoo donuts um but other things wow. to do like in portland i mean i don't follow mls soccer but i follow mm-hmm. the numbers um I have my Timbers Army scarf. I love when they won the MLS Cup this year. I was running through my house cheering like an idiot. (laughs) I'm perfectly fine with this. Um, So, yeah, Voodoo Donuts, Timbers. And then if you're into, like, that's the thing about Oregon is we're really, we're pretty health conscious. We like to be out, like, they like to go biking. People like to go hiking. People like to go running. Um, My dad and I ran in the and my mom ran ran also ran in the Shamrock Run, which is held in Portland, which I think has to be one of the biggest races in the United States. I wanna say there was twenty five thousand people running in a very one of their various legs. Um so my dad and I ran in the fifteen K for that uh, a couple years ago now, and we just had a great time. It's just, it's fun. Oregon's just fun, and there's a little bit of everything there. If you want to go to the mountains, you can go to the mountains. You can go skiing and snowboarding. You can go to the coast and play on the beach. Um, you know, we've got the Willamette Valley, uh, which is where Corvallis is, or you can go east and go to Bend, which is basically high desert. So we literally have everything you can want there. Um, and it's just gorgeous all around. And your your mom also said go bees on the chat room, and she oh. said that um, when you said that you behave, she said no need that you are her daughter, so she's cool with you <laughs> acting up, sounds like. This uh, is true. I learned from my mom. You can act a fool, and mom's all right. And yeah. she was also chiming in saying that the dunk was great. That uh, the Titan the Titan dunk so uh, that catches oh, yeah. up with mom on the chat room oh. yeah and where do you I have love- to go in in Corvallis I know that is that's your spot what are the hot spots <laughs> to do I guess it's, I'm assuming a college town all all bees yep. all the time but where do you have to go oh, when oh. you're in Corvallis well when I'm in Corvallis um, downtown Corvallis is like kind of the place to be. We have, like, our main drag is Ninth Street, and there's, you know, restaurants and stores and grocery stores, but, like, downtown is where the bars are. Um, Flat Tail Brewing is down there. It's a family sports bar, 
all beaver stuff all over, but it's almost always packed. It's such a great it's such a great restaurant. Um, so that's a great place for bar food. Um, there's fun shopping. I actually used to work at um, the locally owned, <laughs> of all things, bra and lingerie store called Donna Bella. Um, love that oh, store. Oh. And I know, oh. I know, I know. I'm moving away from that one, though. We're going to move away from that before it gets all weird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, as far as, like, food goes, we love to go to Mongolian Grill. Um which they have other, like, they just opened one here. And it's good, and, like, I'll go there. But I can't wait to go to Corvallis and go back to my regular one because there's just something about, like, the older-style restaurant. Like, it's been there a while. Like, it's just kind of like the the quirky character of the restaurant's really fun. But if you're looking for something that's, like, a flavor of Corvallis, most people just go to American Dream Pizza, which some people hate. But it is the best Ooh. pizza. It is so good. It's made with a kind of a thicker crust, but it's just a quirky, quirky little pizza place. But they have a huge menu, and you can get almost anything you can think of on top of the pizza. And they make them all to order, so you order whatever you want. You can order a personal pizza. Um we like to get uh, barbecue sauce with pulled pork on it and then some cheese. Oh, That's yeah. delicious. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. Yes. So I'll probably be, I get to uh, go home for a visit soon, so I'm guessing I'll be eating some American green pizza while I'm there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yes. So, and that was, that was you. I mean, you already hit one of the questions I was going to ask you. I, I was, had written down, are there some things uh, in Evansville? I mean, food-wise, living there, what do you miss about Oregon? And there, you just you just hit the nail on the head uh, with the Mongolian <laughs> Grill. They they built one, Mongolian. but it's just not the same as home. It's just and that's, not the same. And it's you. really good. Yeah, it's just not the same. But we also can't get we can get Tillamook cheese out here, which is the only kind of cheese I eat, um, and that is a I don't know what it's called, whatever kind of people who make the cheese. Um, they make the cheese right there in Oregon. It's up on the coast, but they also make ice cream and yogurt, and it's like the best ice cream and yogurt ever. And I cannot get the ice cream out here. So I'm probably going to eat a few quarts of ice cream while I'm home, and I'm not upset about it. Like I'm probably going to gain weight on this trip, and that's okay with me because it's all going to be ice cream. Well, Mom is happy to hear about the visit home. She's got yes. a big Yahoo. She's looking forward to seeing you. So I know that's going to be <laughs> a fun time for everybody. So good deal. Yes, yes. We're looking forward to it. It's going to be a good, good time. And we just appreciate you taking time out of your evening to hop on our little show and oh, I love it. support us like you do. And look forward to having you on again and look forward to having Mark on again anytime that's convenient for you all. Thanks so much for everything. Terry tweeted out the blue pants to let you know he was oh. not lying. And, uh, oh, I, I found him. <laughs> well, here's official, the thing about the blue yeah. pants. I I looked at the blue pants for a long time. They're Levi's special edition, whatever, whatever. And I said, man, they're blue pants. 
do I have to? I said, yes. I, I, and I pulled the trigger, and they had my size. And like I said, it, it's one of my favorite purchases because, I mean, <laughs> you got to have Wildcat Blue Kentucky pants. I mean, I, I, you, you have to. Yeah, you have to. There you go. It's it's the BBN. You've got to have the BBN. There it is. There it is. Lindsay, thank you so much. You're at Leopard Lindsay on Twitter. What what's Mm -hmm. your what's your Instagram? Instagram is Leopard Print Lindsay. And your website is your blog is. It's leopardprintlindsay.com. And it's. It's photography, it's fashion, it's uh, treats, it's food stuff. There's a lot of stuff, so people go and, and, and check that out. Yes. And Lisa Sands um, is on the chat room as well. I don't know if you know Lisa, but hello, Lisa. Hello, Lisa. Maybe you don't know her. I don't know. I thought well, I didn't hear what was last name. Sands, S-A-N-D-S, Lisa Sands. Oh, anyway, no. you know she's here because of you, because she's never been on there before. So oh. thank you for bringing in. Awesome. Well, thank you, Lisa. <laughs> we're, we're 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 coast to coast. We're we're to Oregon, and we were had Dallas. You know, a couple weeks ago, we're we're all over. We're we're growing, uh, Vinny. That's the truth. That's right. You, you got it. You put us. You put us in front of eyes and ears that never would have saw or heard us before. That's the truth. Well, well, and we certainly appreciate it. You better go. Mark's going to have stuff to do, and you got a little one that needs to get to bed at some point, right? That's <laughs> at some point, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, her, 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 her tiny human. Well, My we tiny thank human, you for yes. coming on. Yes, your tiny, yes. your tiny human. Take care of her and, and everything, and we will see you on the uh, Twitter streets. That Absolutely. sounds great. Oh, oh, wait, hold on, hold on. Oh, Mark's Mickey. Oh, I forgot. Oh, good. Corvallis food is local boys. I can't believe I'm. Local boys serve the best, like, authentic Hawaiian food. So, Hawaiian my goodness. Food. I'm going to have oh, to, like, oh, oh, you guys. Like, I might need to take you to Oregon just to go to local boys. Man. It is literally delicious. I will probably eat that while I'm home, too. I'm going to basically go home and I'm going to eat. That's all I'm going to do. <laughs> Well, that's, 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 all, that's all we talk about. I think every guest we've ever had on, we've ended up talking about restaurants at some point in time. So <laughs> that's what we're about to do. A little bit of Kentucky, but a lot of food. So that's, that's yes. right up our alley. Absolutely. Yes. We thank you so much for coming on, Lindsay. We really appreciate it. Anytime, anytime. And like I said, Mark will probably in the next couple months or so, I don't know, he'll he'll want to come back on, I'm sure. We can't wait. Yep. Good. Good. Y'all, well, this has been fun. It definitely. And y'all have a good evening. And like you said, we'll be following on Twitter and interacting. And and just thanks so much for hopping on. And appreciate the book again. And thanks for everything you've done for our show. Well, thank you. And you guys are welcome. I'm happy to promote you guys and support you however I can. We sure appreciate it. Well, that that, that, that kind of covered a lot of stuff. You know, people expecting to catch just Kentucky. We, you know, we do a little bit of everything here. So Absolutely, now we've covered man. fashion. We, we've we got travel tips going to uh, Oregon. <laughs> uh, 
you know, a, a state most people don't think about too much. But yeah, Oregon is one of the fifty. So, uh, and Goonies was filmed there, which you know, for for my money, is the best best uh, little tidbit uh, we we picked yeah. up tonight. So didn't even know. Lots of didn't good stuff. And and we we should urge uh, some of the the BBN to to back Evansville, just right across the river from uh, Henderson. We we can adopt the Aces as our as our secondary team. We can do that, can't we, Vinny? Sure. We, so we already have. I mean, I was I was keeping an eye um, out throughout the year ever since you know I got to know Lindsey through you. And, you know, when y'all were the hashtag beat Wichita, you know, anytime you'd see an Evansville score, I, I'd always keep an eye on it and pay more attention to it than I normally, you know, would have. You know, and it's all because of you and Mark. <laughs> uh, it, 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 I forgot what I was going to say. Uh, totally lost my train of thought. But uh, but always good, you know, in, in uh, with the uh, – with their conference tournament being in St. Louis, which is an absolutely gorgeous city and just and just a perfect uh, place to hold uh, a tournament, uh, like I said, I, I love I love St. Louis and just a, a, a tough way for the Aces to uh, uh, to win. But they'll they'll be they'll be back. I think they're building something special. Uh, news right across the wire: former Wildcat Danny Trevathan has signed a deal with the Chicago Bears fresh off his Super Bowl uh, yeah. winning season. It's a, it's a four-year deal. I uh, don't see the numbers readily available, but he will uh, head to uh, Chicago and, and hopefully bolster their uh, linebacking core and, you know, harken back to the days of Brian Urlacher and Mike Singletary, Dick Buckus, some pretty – some pretty big shoes to fill when you're playing linebacker for the Chicago Bears, but we wish the former cat uh, nothing but the best as NFL free agency gets underway and, and guys start moving around, getting ready uh, for the draft. Yeah, so that was the that was the big former cat NFL free agency news, and I, I hope he does well in Chicago. And of course, it was he's a free agent, so he can do whatever he wants to do. And he was with John Fox in Denver, so he's got that connection. John Fox is the coach of Chicago now. But I just I just you haven't been able to trust the Bears for so long. I mean, you know, Jay Cutler, you don't know what you're gonna get with him. I just hope Danny's already played in two Super Bowls and won one, so I mean, you know, from that standpoint, he definitely can you're free agent and take advantage of being one, but I hope Chicago can have some good teams while he's there. Um, you know, some guys go and leave Super Bowl winning teams, and then you know, they don't they don't succeed again from the wins and losses standpoint or anything like that. But hopefully, uh, not a Bears fan, but I, I want them to have some good teams now that he uh, is on the squad. Yeah, yeah. Well, the Bears defense has been their calling card since before uh, Mike Ditka days. So. Uh, I think they're trying to do the what they've learned from Papa Bear Hallis and, and defense first and get enough offense to keep them on it. So, uh, yeah, you know, now, this is the time of year you get your free agents and the draft comes up and every football fan kind of gets excited and, until, you know, the season starts and the reality sets in. But 
uh, you know, now's the time for people to start moving. And 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 really, good good for good for for Danny. Like we've said for a long time, Kentucky football as a team have has not been able to uh, as a program has not been able to have that sustained year in year out success. But we've had great players. We've had you know singular seasons where the team was really good, and it's just it's just good to see a former cap, uh, as the kids say, getting paid. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of, you know, players moving around in, in news that may affect you as a 49er, still news out of Denver, you know, Brock Osweiler, who started for a while, backed up Peyton Manning for a while, you know, and looked to maybe be the starter now that Manning retired. We didn't even talk about Peyton retiring yet, but and Calvin Johnson retiring as well. But Brock Osweiler was a free agent, and he chose to move – to the Houston Texans, and so you know, I thought he would just step right in, you know, get a new deal with Denver and stay there. He moves on to Houston, so Denver in need of a quarterback. Reports are that they are going to pursue one Colin Kaepernick. So we'll see how the dominoes start to fall there. You know, and. One of the guys in my barbershop is a 49ers fan, and we've talked about it. And for for we kind of what we the consensus was when Kaepernick in his you know those the that half season took the Niners to the Super Bowl and then the NFC Championship game the next year, and he didn't get that big money deal that those quarterbacks usually get, you know, when you've got somebody that's taking a team, you know, to a Super Bowl, you know, Joe Flacco got his money, yada, yada. When he didn't get one of those deals, one of those type deals, that is when he kind of plateaued. And I don't know if it was something where he wasn't putting the work in or just mentally he he wasn't, he didn't get that confidence boost. But, but, once he signed that deal, it, it it was kind of the beginning of the end for the for the 49ers. You know, it's almost like he lost the locker room. And there's way more to it than that. I don't know if he needs a change of scenery, but if you get rid of Kaepernick, who who's who are you going to bring in? I mean, who's who's your who's your guy? I'm not going with Blaine Gabbert, even though <laughs> we joked about him starting and he ended up starting. I think the next week. Uh, but I just don't think that's a long-term solution. The, the the Niners front office they they need to figure out what they're going to do, uh, what they're how they're going to structure the team because right now the team is in flux. You know, just a couple of seasons post Super Bowl, post NFC Championship, and we've got way more question marks than we got answers. So it's not going to be easy to get back into the mix of things because Seattle's not going anywhere in the NFC West. Arizona's not going where the NFC West, and uh, the Rams figure to be better. So uh, I don't see next year panning out for the 49ers, regardless who the quarterback is. If we do, for those who listen regularly, go a little bit past 8 o'clock. Everything afterwards will be on the podcast, and you can catch that at blogtalkradio.com slash cat talk. Tonight's show, as well as Every show we've ever done with every guest we've ever had is all available 
right there at that link, blogtalkradio.com slash cats talk. One thing, too, before we do hit 8 o'clock is we got to give some love. We talk about him all the time to former U.K. coach Tubby Smith, won the Big 12 Coach of the Year honors a couple days ago, and today was named the Sporting News National Coach of the Year. So uh, a couple stops on down the road since he's been in the U.K., was at Minnesota and now down there in Lubbock, Texas, in a tough Big 12. A lot of teams are flawed, but the Big 12 had a lot of good teams in it. And you think Kansas – who wins the league every year, and they did again for the 12th year in a row. Oklahoma was stout. West Virginia was strong. Shaka Smart has Texas playing some ball. Uh, Iowa State is strong. And and Tubby went on a run where he was, I think he beat three ranked teams in a row at one point during the season, which, you know, that was saying something considering how ranked teams were, you know, falling by the wayside. Tubby was responsible for a lot of it uh, by himself. So congratulations to Tubby Smith on a great season. Hopefully he can uh, make a little noise in the Big 12 tournament and get the uh, Red Raiders into the big dance. That would be the fifth different school that he has led to the NCAA tournament. So congrats all around to Tubby. And and let me say this. I know, you know, 10 lost Tubby and, and, and all that kind of stuff. As far as head coaches of the University of Kentucky men's basketball team, we may have had better coaches than Tubby, but not by a wide margin. But we have not had a better human being or a man in charge of the program than with Tubby. He's been a winner wherever he has gone. Minnesota had some success. Georgia uh, before he came uh, back to Lexington to replace Patina, those Georgia teams were great teams, Tulsa teams, great teams. And now you see what yeah. they're doing at Texas Tech, and uh, he may or may not end up in the Hall of Fame. You know, that's to be decided. But it, it's absolutely, you can say with certainty, great, great coach, even better human being. Uh, the way he and Donna carried themselves uh, here in uh, in Kentucky, uh, it's it's beyond time for him to have his name join the other great coaches in Kentucky history. A lot of Kentucky fans talked about this point uh, on Twitter, along with uh, Tubby being Big 12 Coach of the Year now. You know, some of these national accolades are rolling in. How fitting would it be? You know, next year, during the SEC Big 12 Challenge, Texas Tech comes back to Rupp, and, and Tubby gets that recognition he deserves in front of uh, a grateful Big Blue Nation. Uh, you know, we've talked to uh, to Cameron Mills on and off the record, and, and he, he's of the mindset that, you know, Tubby, you know, he, he despite what people say about Patino's players and all this kind of stuff. That team in 1998 won because Tubby Smith was was the head coach. And whatever else he did or didn't do, he coached the team to a national championship. A, a team that, you know, uh, 
might not have, you know, was, was pretty flawed. But yeah, and, and I'm I'm off my soapbox. People that say Tubby Smith can't coach, you know, we see what he's done, the accolades. You have to watch the last three games of the 1998 NCAA tournament and then tell me he can't coach. Being down to Duke 17 points in the second half, he outcoached Coach K. You go to the Final Four overtime game against Stanford. I watched that game not too long ago. That game could have gone the other way easily. And then to to come back from the biggest halftime deficit in NCAA final history. Granted, it was only 10 points, but that's still the biggest deficit. And to come back, those three games, I will put those three games against any other coach in any other tournament. That is Wooden, that is K, that is whoever. Those three games in 1998, I put them against anybody. The way he coached that team, and and you know, and that team, they they didn't have a, a star. That team was truly greater than the sum of its parts. They played smart. They played well together. That's that's what you want a team to do, and that's what Tubby did. So he deserves all the accolades for what he is doing now, and for what he did. Uh, when he was in Lexington. Yeah, and, you know, um, we talk about how, how great the 96 team was. We talk about how, you know, if D.A. plays, yeah, they probably win it again in 97. You mentioned the 98 team being flawed because, I mean, look at the talent that left, you know, Ricatino to Boston, and then, you know, Antoine Walker, Ron Mercer, uh, D.A., uh, Mark Pope was gone. Uh, You look at all the guys that left, and I don't know. You will never know, but you, you, you have to wonder, would Rick have been able to win a 98 championship with the team constructed as it was? You, just, you know, you can say people want to just the all the old Toby Warner Rick's players. Well, I mean, a, a ton of the Rick's, you know, main dogs was gone. You know, the, <laughs> the dogs he rolled with were in the NBA. So, you you know, <laughs> yeah. would, would, would Rick have won with that 98 team? Would Rick have won with Jeff Shepard and Nas, Cameron Mills, Scott Padgett? You, I don't, you don't know. You know, Toby did, so <laughs> don't. Don't be so quick to just dismiss that. Yeah, there's that, and and people that know me know my love of the 2003 Kentucky team that is yeah. criminally uh, overlooked and underrated. That you know came within a sprained ankle of making the Final Four, and and, and you look at the 2003, 2004, 2005 run, and just sheer bad luck or bad timing or what have you. But those are really, really good teams. They they really were. Uh, I just it, – it's it's frustrating to me, and it's getting better, uh, but it's just frustrating to hear a lot of Kentucky fans being kind of dismissive of, of, of Tubby and what he did. Uh, I think the, the thing that hurt him the most was 
that was the point that Florida got freakishly good, and uh, we had some of our down years in comparison to Kentucky standards as Florida was on the way up and won their back-to-back. I think that that helped, that hurt, uh, you know, his legacy, if you will, right there. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, definitely congrats to to see him go to Lubbock. Uh, not a huge basketball hotbed. Uh, and, I mean, to just throw shade, Bobby Knight was down there. Did he win Coach of the Year in the Big 12 and National Coach of the Year while he was there? Um, yeah, and, and 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 his son followed up, followed him up, and and, and whatnot. So it's not, and and Tulsa is not exactly a, a hotbed. Uh, you know, Georgia, you know, somewhat they've got some history, but it, they've not been freakishly competitive in the SEC. But he had led them on a good run. So um, just a, a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's a great coach. Definitely. Um, and then the captains also got back to the NFL. The frenzy is crazy. There'll be even more between now and the weeks to come. Next week as well. But uh, you know, Calvin Johnson retires, a big time receiver for Detroit. And then Peyton Manning uh, closes it out, just like John Elway, uh, with a Super Bowl win. And now he has called it a career as well after 18 years. Yeah, I've never been a Peyton Manning fan, but I certainly you, you can't argue with what he has done and, and, and his Super Bowl victories and the numbers. He's still, uh, I put him definitely top ten uh, all time. Uh, and that's just my personal thing. You know, I've got no problem top five or, or whatever, but I have him top ten. Uh, a great, great career. I mean, it's one of those things with – with everything he's done, you know, still not able to beat Florida. So, but uh, a great career. TB just swinging shade. Well, in, in, but it's in, true. Mark it's Story, true. the Herald Leader, wrote a, a, a great piece, and I had forgotten this game. Uh, it was a game in Lexington when, you know, Tennessee was on their streak that uh, – Tennessee won. It was Billy Jack Haskins and, and, and Mo Williams played an incredible game back in 1995. Yeah. That Tennessee won 34-31 uh, because Peyton Manning only had one touchdown pass, but it came in the fourth quarter to win it. Uh, my brothers had come up to the game uh, to go, so me and my dad, and my brothers, are watching this game, and we're watching it. And my 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 brother Kenneth was there, and he said. You know, Peyton Manning, and this is what separates good from great. He said, and my brother was a big sports guy, he said, he is setting up the cornerbacks, the Kentucky cornerbacks, for the double move. It's coming. It's coming. And lo and behold, there was a little pump fake, little shoulder, and that's how they got a big play to open up that game. So it was a little thing that Peyton Manning did, I think, that separated him from a lot of the other uh, quarterbacks. But I, I think top ten, yeah, no no doubt, not a problem at all uh, to put him on that list. And it's been a great career. 
Yeah, absolutely have. So we had to at least tribute them just a little bit. I had another fun jam-packed show. Um, next time it'll be talking the SEC tournament, looking towards the NCAA tournament. And I misspoke last week. It'll be, you know, for those who tuned in, just hoping to hear you and you alone. I'm sorry to disappoint, but next week and the week after, it'll be the two shows that I'll be away. Uh, so everybody who just wants to hear you will get their wish, as you will be just rolling and doing your thing like you've done in the past. But uh, thanks for everything tonight, and thanks so much for Lindsay coming on and Lindsay's mom, Miss Heidi Swarble, hopping on the chat line. I, so it's always bad for us to hit chat and, and open it up, but sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. But I hit it, and she jumped right in and was just enjoying the show <laughs> while Lindsay and Mark was on. So that was pretty cool, and I'm glad we did it. And she jumped on, like like Lindsay said, and she's already liked our Facebook page. So just thanks to everybody well, for another fun show. We certainly appreciate that. So another another yeah. real good show. Well, TV man, I know you will throw out two good shows while I'm gone. I have no doubt about it, and we look forward to rooting the cats on in the SEC tournament, the U.K. Invitational Tournament down in Nashville. As March Madness is finally here, it's the best time of year for U.K. basketball fans, and we're looking forward to another edition. You have a good one, and we'll have an SEC tournament rundown next week. So, well, I have some fun stuff in store. Sounds good. Take care, everybody. Appreciate you listening. This has been another edition of Cats Talk Wednesday, Vinny Hardy and Terry Brown on the Brown and Hardy Radio Network, blogtalkradio.com. Tune in, catch TV next Wednesday and the Wednesday after that. I'll be back on the 30th. Have fun and have a good evening. Good night. <laughs>